In a world where the Marks think they know better than the wrestlers and the bookers, the Fantasy Booking Institute exists to pretty much do exactly that. This is a visit from the FBI. Welcome to another visit from the FBI, your weekly dose of pro wrestling fantasy booking. I am your host, a very scruffy, I'm noticing, Detective Mark Smarks, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? I have no beard problems with you, buddy. Little beard love. Beard love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I actually, whoa! Hey, oh, uh, hold up. Um, I have, I have, uh, I, I had a question that developed while we were um, on hold, waiting for the the podcast to come live, um, and uh, that question has something to do with our conversation right before the podcast started. And so it also references a game we play at the end of this episode, um, but I'm going to use the original terminology and i'm gonna say fuck one marry one kill one that way we can go straight to rated r and not even have to worry about it for later um and so cheetos cheese it's or cheese whiz i'm gonna out myself here as long as it can be the bacon and cheddar flavor fuck cheese whiz <laughs> good i love that shit Seriously, try it on a chicken and a biscuit cracker. It's gourmet. A A plus. Um, Mary Cheez-Its. Kill, Kill Cheetos. Ooh. Hot take. <laughs> I, uh, I have to believe that there are people out there, number one, that are going to... Fuck cheese whiz. <laughs> and number two, that are uh, that are a little upset about the whole Cheeto destination. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole possible. product line. Yeah, I mean, it, it, here's the deal: is uh, white cheddar Cheez Its are fucking fire, is what they are. They're awesome. Um, number one. <laughs> so no. number two, I have a three-year-old. And I do not want to imagine a life without cheeses for a three-year-old. <laughs> well, it becomes a life with Cheetos, which is quite the messy life. Yeah, no, so I'm, I understand I'm, that. I'm not putting Cheetos in my three-year-old's hands. No, because then no you're putting it on life. everything in your house. Yeah. So, no, I'm good, man. Um, I'm good. I'm, I'm excited to do a podcast without... Our third person. Yep, no JLB because uh, again. apparently life with the job in college and stuff is so hard he can't make it to the podcast on Tuesday nights. Is it is it Tuesday night right now? Tuesday night? Tuesday night right now, yes. Yep, yep. See here, Tuesday night. He's like a sophomore in college, junior in college. So Tuesday night, junior in college. What was I doing? Oh, yeah, I was drunk by now. Yep. Yep. And still up for another four hours. Tuesday night when I was a junior in college, I was working late nights at a radio station. Did you have an 8 a.m. class the next day? 
Because I think we can both say that too. Yes. Oddly enough, I I had <clears throat> there was one semester I had an eight a.m. class and I had a nine a.m. class. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday was eight a.m. and Tuesday, Thursday was nine a.m. Right? I had a harder time getting up on time and making it and staying awake through the nine a.m. class than I did the eight a.m. class. And that was on the 9 a.m. was Tuesdays and Thursdays? Tuesdays and Thursdays, yes. So you had more trouble with the lab than you did with the <laughs> with the traditional class? Yeah, it was like getting there on time. I, that extra hour of, of morning extra sleep or getting ready or whatever, it's really fun for me. Um, weird story to start the show. There we are. Weird, weird, weird. So, um, but yeah, so no JLB because, you know, he's got class in the morning or something like that. He didn't actually even bother giving us an excuse. He just said, I'm out. Yeah. Can't do it. So so we're just going to do it ourselves. Uh, but that's fine. Uh, I texted uh, the group earlier. Uh, I've got a, an idea for a, a new segment. It, I'm probably going to, if we do it, I'm going to put it on the WBU segment, uh, the Sunday night one. But okay. uh, but I'm I'm gonna debut it here. You're gonna debut it. Let's do this. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be debutted here. It's gonna be uh, stupid shit wrestling fans say. Um. So from now on, and the reason I'm debuting it here is because I know this Sunday we're gonna be doing recaps of of two uh, pay per view level shows, and we're not gonna have time to talk about stupid shit wrestling fans say so i'm gonna do it here but it's in regards to something that debuted this week as well um okay. let's do this uh, but so um this guy this one for this week comes from facebook i didn't write down the user's name or anything like that i'm not gonna out him that way although in the future i might try to get screenshots um it just took me a long time to to realize how like it just sit and realize how stupid this was. Uh, okay. This was a, a Facebook one. And this guy, it was, it was an advertisement for a show. This guy commented on and said, uh, this could be really good as long as they uh, stay away from all the dramatics and stick to wrestling. You put that all in capital. Cap, stick to wrestling. The uh, setting aside the fact that wrestling as a whole is rooted in dramatics, right? Absolutely. It is professional it is wrestling. A, professional wrestling. It is a theater show, right? I mean, fake cops is is important on this because it's 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 a scripted reality based show, right? Um, and this dramatics, is scripted, though. yeah, and dramatics are very important for it. Right, drama is very important. You know, the the match between Ric Flair and HBK would not have been considered a good match if it wasn't for the drama of, you know, uh, and all that. You only say end, that. You only say that because we talked about it two days ago. No, because, no I'm pointing it because <laughs> that that match as a whole was entirely based on drama, right? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't even really that that good. No, it wasn't a good match overall in terms of wrestling. It, it was a uh, on his way out wrestler 
wrestling against a current star with a storyline point of if you lose, you retire, right? And so this uh-huh. whole whole drama point of HBK having to retire someone he respected, right? Force this person into retirement. Uh, but ignoring that fact, ignoring the fact that all of professional wrestling is about drama, it's about intrigue, it's a, it is a testosterone-charged soap opera. Um, ignoring all that, the post that this person was commenting on was a trailer for the new Stars TV show called Heels, starring Stephen Amell, which is a scripted TV show yeah. about a pro wrestling family, right? A small pro wrestling promotion in Georgia, but it's a scripted. It's a, it's 100% scripted. It's written down actors and everything. So saying skip the dramatics and stick to wrestling on a fucking scripted show. Like, like, yeah, it's not, it's not a wrestling match. There's not no. even matches. Like, I mean, there are some matches, like, highlights. But it's not, even, it's not like, sort, a, it's, it's not like a, Kate. It, I mean, this isn't even like a, hey, it's scripted, and I know you're going to have to go off script every now and then because somebody's not going to be in the right position. So, you know, you person need to kick out of this un, unenviable move that never gets kicked out of. It's it's not this even is... scripted like Lucha Underground scripted, which Lucha Underground was heavily scripted for a pro wrestling show because it featured like supernatural elements and and all this other storylines outside of uh, just the wrestling match. Mm-hmm. This this is a show that features large segments of it, not even inside a wrestling arena because what? they're about they're about the guy uh, the, the scene where the guy goes into a. Uh, gas station on his way to the match and tries to shoplift gum because he can't afford uh but i mean it's it's a 100 like that'd be like saying you know i'm really looking forward to this next season of game of thrones but i really wish they would just stick to dragons and cut out all the drama <laughs> stick to dragons and have no fighting Cut out the dramatics and just show boobs. Uh, in fairness, well, well Game, Game <laughs> of Thrones fans did say that. Boobs. Yeah. So. Anyways, uh, so that's that's the inaugural rant on stupid shit wrestling fans say. Um, but that'll be coming to a WBU probably in two weeks because we won't have time uh, to do it. On this week's show coming up. So, um, oh, also a programming note: I did record my reaction video for the Kenny Omega versus Andrade Triple uh, I feel like you're match. about to make an excuse. Um, uh, well, no, I'm. It's not an excuse. I'm just going to apologize when I get done editing and uploading it. The audio is going to be shitty because I forgot to choose my microphone as the audio source, and so it used the stupid. The little tiny mic the, the microphone like the up bottom, there that's so bottom I, of your cell phone only across the room. Yep. So I sound like I'm I'm underwater in an aquarium. I'm gonna do what I can to tweak it, but I apologize right now. The audio's gonna fucking suck. Are you gonna give it meth? That's how you're gonna tweak it. Maybe. <laughs> 
I my I, I'm running a Mac Mini. It doesn't have a meth slot. In it. <laughs> you can oh. download it from the internet. So I, th- this has been one of the more enjoyable, off the cuff, random <laughs> starts to a show that we don't even talk about what we do. So uh, at 14 minutes, I think I think if we approach 15 minutes, like hell will freeze over for the 15th time we've done this in a row. So I probably ought to let you just go ahead and cough the other parts <laughs> instead so of saying we'll, some shit. We'll, we'll start off by talking if you're new to the. Uh, fantasy booking institute shows it's pretty simple uh, this is the show where we challenge each other to book some unknown and unlikely scenario in the world of professional wrestling and i say book we're not always specifically booking matches or storylines sometimes we're booking tv shows with wrestlers or movies <laughs> or stuff like that but we always have fun with it um so it's it's the big thing is though the answers and the challenges are always uh, not discussed beforehand, so the answers are always off the cuff. And um, shit, sometimes the questions are off the cuff. Yeah, especially if JLB's here, then it's always he's like, "Oh, I had I had one. It was um, it was if you were Cody. No, 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 no. 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 If, um, if, Kenny um, Omega, Kenny Omega with Cody. I, I need you to book underwear. Ken, Ken, Kenny Omega, if he was uh, Kenny Omega was in Ring of Honor once. No, I'm not going to do that. I need you to book uh, Andrade uh, as a luchador. Wait, he was a luchador? Okay, never mind. Uh, <laughs> but we're we're gonna we're gonna go into that. Before we do that, though, as always at the start of the show, uh, I like to point out that Raw and Order and the Fantasy Booking Institute are both brought to you as part of the Tatnus Co Podcast Network. So if you go down to the doobly doos down below. You're going to see a link to tatnusco.com. You can go there, click on the network tab, and see all the other shows in the Tatnusco broadcast network uh, and view them and listen to them and all that there. Uh, and come back here. Also, I'd like to remind you if you're listening to this on the podcast version, we do this as a live stream on Facebook and YouTube. Every uh, This episode's every Tuesday night at 10.30, and our WBU is every Sunday night at 10.30. So, um, if you follow us on Facebook, you follow us on YouTube, you can always join us there while we're doing the live streams. You can chat with us during the show. Um, let us know what you think there. You can even, you know, if you're lucky, you can try to throw a challenge in at us. And we'd love to hear from you there on, on that. But um, but we're still going to, we still leave them up for replays later. So if you can't make it to the live stream, check out the replay um, or continue to listen to it on uh, your podcast player of choice. We would ask the favor, though, if you're even just an audio-only podcaster uh, listener, head on over to our YouTube page. Or even if you're already following us on Facebook, head on over to our YouTube page and click that subscribe there uh, so that you're all subscribed there as well. It helps us out a ton. Uh, those more subscriptions there. So, um, so do that there. But anyways, we're going to go ahead and get into the Fantasy Booking Institute. Um, and I'm going to open the floor to DA Fabe first to see if he wants to go first or if he would rather I go first. Well, I want to do a fun one and I want to do one that's a little more serious since we don't have another person in. Um, both of these can be relatively short. And so I think I'm going to start with the fun one just to kick this off as a really, really enjoyable, um, kickoff. Um, 
And uh, so I, I'd like for you, I, I, I'm going to go first with the fun one. We can each do two. That's fine by me. Um, if they're, if they're small or if you have a giant one, like you typically do, um, <laughs> we can do that either way. It's fine. But I'd like for you to, to book El Generico versus Sami Zayn. The feud, everything. I, I, don't, I don't know if I can do that. El Generico's retired down in Mexico. I, mean, yeah. I think he'll come out of retirement. What if Sami Zayn, what if Sami Zayn gets cut by WWE? Well, I mean, I I'm just saying I don't I don't think he has enough of a grudge with Sami Zayn to really want this match. He's busy taking care of those uh those orphans down in Mexico at the orphanage, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might have to send his friend Nacho Libre uh, in, in his place. Uh, nope, nope. This is how we're gonna do it. It's a fantasy booking, and my fantasy, you're booking it. Well, okay. That's terrifying. Um, <laughs> There's cheese whiz involved. <laughs> oh, come on. You know you've already booked your fantasy with me. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, anyway. Go for it, well, man. Well, I mean, I'm gonna put you, you know. Screen. You know, uh, um, I mean, when matter touches antimatter, things go boom. So I worry that that's what we're really... Uh, really messing with here is the continuity of space-time. Um, you're, you're, you got some dangerous challenges here going on. I mean, I, do you want me to change it? Do you want it to be Ciclope versus Dean Malenko? Oh, wait, those well, are the no. same guys. Those because are the same we know, guys. We yeah, know we Ciclope was, was Dean Malenko. Duh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I forgot we saw that. So It's actually the same guy. You can't do that. Yeah, no. And El Generico and Sami Zayn are it's two totally different, two different One of them wears a mask and speaks Spanish. <laughs> obviously, completely different person. I mean, Absolutely. that'd be like saying, saying, I need you to book a match with uh, Clark Kent versus Superman because they're obviously different people. One of them wears glasses. Um... God, I don't. I don't even know how I'd structure a feud between them. So, for the fans, you can go ahead and mute me if you want, sir, for yourself, so that you don't, so I don't ruin any of the suspense. But for the members of the jury who don't know this, um, El Generico was Sami Zayn's uh, lie in Mexico. Lies. <laughs> okay. And so, by all means. Um, this is this is, but he also wore a mask, so you don't have to have. Yeah, that happen. Not, next thing you're gonna tell me, Santa Claus was my parents. No, why? Why would I ruin your childhood, man? Well, you're trying to with this El Generico life. <laughs> I, I only ruin your I only ruin your childhood when I when I let you know things like. Porn on Cinemax isn't real. It was the closest thing we got. (laughs) That's what actually ruined my childhood. That's what actually ruined my childhood. (laughs) 
put put it on put it on that like right in between two channels on the little tuner thing so you got to see it was all speckled but you could bear you're like i think i can make out boobs that's boobs pretty sure that's boobs but i i i need to make a shirt and it just be like um just like static fuzz static TV, TV fuzz, and then just the uh, underneath it is just pretty sure that's boobs. <laughs> Scanmyboob.com. Um. <clears throat> anyway, back to the booking. <laughs> You're like, I hate this booking. I do. I thought it'd be relatively easy. I just wanted you to pick a winner and how the match would go. And... You, you say you said this was the fun one. It's not fun for me. I think it's fantastic. Oh, okay, I'm gonna say this. Okay, I want you to book a match, and it's uh, stunning Steve Austin versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's very easy. <laughs> it's not fun. Um, I need you to book a match. It's uh, Undertaker versus Mean Mark Callis. Also very easy. Easy does not mean fun. Um, well, who do you think's better? El Generico or Sami Zayn? <laughs> they have the exact same move set. It's there's not a who's better or who's not. The the only thing that made El Generico uh, uh, interesting in comparison to Sami Zayn was the gimmick, right? And even that, I mean, they did the same. Uh, Sami Zayn has the Haluva kick. Uh, El Generico was the the. Um, Yakuza kick. Same move, though. They, they literally, I mean, it, it, this isn't even like Scott Pilgrim versus Nega Scott. Um, this is, you, you said, I I want you to book Sami Zayn versus Sami Zayn, is what you said. But that, that but that's not what that is. But it, They're not the same person. But they have the exact same move set, and... Matches are yes, not but fun. One of them is relatively young. The other is experienced and and has continued to be wrestling for years. He started right after the young one retired. Um and and has been going for twelve years since then. Yes, but one was a prodigy with the exact same moveset, and the experienced one just stole the movesets off of him. Are you really going to try and continue to con your way out of this challenge? I'm just, I'm just saying. It to me, it's not a fun challenge because it literally, it's it, it, even even without saying the the con my way out of it. Right? We'll we'll go and I'll drop all pretenses of believing the Sami Zayn is different than whatever. I'm I'm telling you from a in ring <laughs> uh, story, it's not fun for me because it's the exact same person. With the exact same move set and the exact there, same mannerisms. There are there's there's a couple differences. One of them is now in their late thirties. Um, the other one probably isn't wasn't quite as cagey in terms of of timing and pacing. Um, also, one of them wears a mask, which can be used against him. 
Yeah, but it's still... I, the other I, one all, has his hair exposed, which can be used against him. All, all I am saying is, to me, you, you said this was a fun thing to book, and I'm saying it's not, because for me, it literally... like I'm As someone who watched El Generico and watches Sami Zayn, I... It's, I love this, that you stayed intense there. <laughs> I, I, I literally... Well, yeah, because I don't watch Sami Zayn now because it's on SmackDown and fucking slang. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's the best matches, the most fun matches to watch are ones that are are opposites, right? I mean, if you even had told me I, I want to put, put two mat technicians in there, Dean Malenko versus uh, Stu Hart, right? I would have said I that's not fun for me because the fun matches are always the ones that are 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 booking uh in, in some way different. That's that's why um, Andrade versus Kenny Omega was was more entertaining because Andrade has a history in luchador uh lucha libre. He he uh, wrestled with a little bit more high flying, but still hard hitting. And then Kenny Omega has a long history in New Japan. Hey, uh, spoiler alert! Who won that? Uh, spoiler alert! Kenny Omega won. Um, there, there was a storyline going on through it that um, for a person who doesn't speak Spanish was hard to follow at first, hard to catch. I should say, not follow, but catch. Um, that the uh, referee was maybe not being 100% impartial and was maybe favoring Kenny Omega a bit. Um, because he counted the Kenny Omega's attempts, pinfalls on Andrade, you know what I mean, really quickly. Um, and then when Andrade pinned Kenny at one point, he went, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so it was very, at that point, you could tell the storyline, uh, and, but, you know, not keep being able to understand what the, uh, commentators were saying or, or, or only know, understanding one in five words or yeah, stuff like that. It was, it was hard to tell at first that that's the storyline that they were telling. Um, and, and of course, you know, not following any lead up to this or not knowing, I mean, I don't know, maybe there was a connection with the, the referee, maybe the referee was a. Uh, someone who'd refereed previous Kenny Omega matches and had fast counted before or something like that. I, like I said, I don't know. Um, so it yeah. took me a bit to catch on to that part of the storyline. Um, but in the end, uh, um, there was a ref bump. Kenny Omega tried to use the championship belt on Andrade. Ric Flair intervened and took the belt away. Then Andrade and and Ric Flair uh, chopped Kenny Omega for a bit. And then Conan, who was in Kenny Omega's corner, came in and got chopped. And then they got put in double figure fours. Uh, and then the referee got up and uh, was um, uh, getting Ric Flair out of the ring, throwing him out, and had his back turned. And Kenny Omega was able to use the belt on... Andrade, and then hit the one-winged angel on Andrade on the belt and was able to get the pin. And then at the end, Kenny Omega threw the belt out of the ring 
but like the referee was looking right at him as he slid the belt out of the ring. So maybe they can were continuing that storyline. I don't know. Yeah, cool. Um, but it was a fun match. Um, if I can make the audio sound decent, I'm so pissed at that. Anyways, it's it's a new new try at something. So it's a new day. Some, yes, it is. There, there's going to be some hiccups on it. Anyways, um, I mean, literally, I don't even have a coin to flip. Um, odds or evens. Odds, El, El Generico wins with uh, uh, Yakuza kick after um, Kevin Owens distracts Sami Zayn. Ooh, curveball. I like it. <laughs> that really doesn't make sense to like long term. El Generico watchers because Kenny Omega usually was fighting against El Generico so often. Why you gotta be such a hater? Um, yeah, so I guess that's how I'd book it. Cool. Thanks, man. That was fun. That wasn't. Yes, it was. It was a blast. Ask our fans. That was fun. Uh, no, I, I'm I'm willing to bet our fans did not like my rants on that. Um, well, just because you ruined it. Yep, because it wasn't fun, I'll ruin it. Yeah, they gave Dakota Kai a whole new look tonight on NXT, apparently. Well, it's going to be black attire because she turned her back on somebody. It sure enough is. It's like a black leather jacket and then like a black patent leather sports bra and shorts underneath it. She must have gone to Natalia's stylist. <laughs> hey, remember when Natalia was a little bit lighter? Do you still have her bras? Yeah, do you still have anything left over? <laughs> but. Anyways, well, I will go ahead and I will move on to my challenge to you. Because uh, I've got a challenge and it's a little bit more fun um, to me. No, it's not. Yeah, it, <laughs> I, I, I'm holding up the five. I need you to name the five finishers that you think are the five worst finishers in professional wrestling today, and the five that you think are the best finishers in professional wrestling. Today. So five worst, five, five best. Worst, five best. Okay. Five worsts first. We are going to go with... Uh, now, do that to still be used today? Yeah, I said in wrestling today. Okay. Um, discus Lariat. Um, just because you spun does not make that a good finisher. So discus lariat. Um, Worst finishes. Uh, I'd love to see somebody use a drop toe hold as a finisher, but it would be the worst finisher in the world. Nobody uses it, though. 
Um, bear with me. Ooh, that was that sounded fun. No sponsorships. Hashtag still not sponsored. Hashtag maybe sponsor. Maybe. Maybe. If you send us to Turks and Caicos, <laughs> we'll I mean, drink only. Send, send me a couple 12 packs. I'll be good. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, Discus Lariat. Um, the... I know you're a giant fan, and so am I, but at the end of the day, the Twisted Bliss is just a cross-body block onto mm-hmm. the ground. She so. she has a move that she does sometimes in the match that I think is is way better. Yeah. Where she, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what she does. She does a roll through, ju- jump, land on her knees, and rolls through, and then does a back handspring back to on her knees. Right, I can't remember what she calls it, uh, but it's it's looks way better than the twisted bliss. And part of the twisted bliss is she doesn't like get a lot of height on it, and so it's instead of being like a five star frog splash where they jump way up in the air and they go boom, uh, yeah, she just kind of goes. I would mm. I would suggest the frog <laughs> part is not really all that finishery. Yeah, I've never, like I've never been doing anything for me. frog, but, but it's at least added to by going really high in the air. Yeah. So you're like, okay. Yeah. yeah. But the twisted bliss, she really doesn't like. She doesn't jump up in the air. She just kind of jumps forward and, and. Yeah. 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 Just twist my legs. There we go. Um, not that. Not again. I love her as a performer, but that as a finisher just isn't really all that. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't do much for me. Um. The third one I'm going to say is the Bro Derek. And in the same sentence, I get two out of that one move, the Neuralizer, because they're both dumb. <laughs> You're just pancaking the guy. Just uh-huh. give me something. To, uh, it, it, it can be a but setup. Because you have your hand in between their legs, you're also hitting them in the nuts. Sure. Sure. And Neuralizer was 100% uh, in my predictions of what you would say. So, Yeah. Unfortunately, they're the same stinking move. Like, it didn't even... Fra- fra- frankly, you could almost include the uh, Styles Clash in. Yeah, which, which, again, is not... It's, 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 it's a dangerous step move. Over. But... It's very dangerous. Whereas the others aren't even dangerous because you're just falling forward. You just uh-huh. fall forward. When when AJ kicks his legs back, he can actually hurt somebody. So it's a neuralizer on steroids. A sterilizer? No. Sterilizer. No. Um. And my fourth one. It would be a good name for a move, though, as long as it involves, like, hitting someone in the crotch in the middle of it. (laughs) My move, the sterilizer. Um, I'm going to say it. Uh, He needed a move like this. It's a good move for him. 
but a back elbow is just as bad as a discus lariat. So Judas elbow. Ooh, you spindied like the coolest elbow set that ever happened was Matt Morgan's elbows in the corner where you just went boom, 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 boom. I'm, I'm a big fan of Andrade's spinning elbow, but I'll point out it's not a finisher. It's, no. It's something he does. And what he does uh, that I, I really get a kick out of is he looks like he's going for a kick and then he steps through and spins around and elbows you in the face. So Yeah. But it's not so a finisher. It's, it's a, no, it's a setup set and it's a, it's, it's a video game combo. Uh-huh. So, try to block this. Okay, now I got you. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, those are my five worst, um, best finishers. This is a lot more fun. Um, ah, man, there are so many submissions that are legit. Um, Every time somebody uses a sharpshooter, I know that that actually can hurt. Like, that can actually be painful. So I'm going to give that one um, as one of the best finishers. Um, also, any type of crossface. I'm just going to lump those together. So the LaBelle lock, the the STF, the um, Anaconda Vice, all of those together are a crossface of some type. Anaconda Vice is less so. Uh-huh. That's a pretty cool move. Except, I'm actually, except when Cena's doing the STF because it never looks like it hurts at all with him. That's because his arms can't get that close together because there's so many muscles. Well, he, he he basically just like puts, straightens puts, his arms. Puts his hands on the ground in front and goes, yeah, I'm pulling back. <laughs> and the guy's like chin is this far from his hands. Oh yeah, I'm being pulled back so hard. So, oh. so since I'm lumping those together, I'm also going to lump the power bomb in with that as a separate move. Um, I enjoy. I think it's overdone, but I enjoy power bombs. I for 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 how very 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 safe they are, they look devastating. Um, and so you have to give them something for that. Um. I'm not much for high flying finishers, but at the end of the day, um, the 450 splash or the 054 splash, which is just the opposite direction of a 450 splash, uh, both of those are really fun to watch. <laughs> um, just because people are flipping through the air, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one in that, that maybe would catch you off guard a little bit. Um, I'm throwing it in because I just think it's it's so unique, and we hadn't seen it from anybody. Now we're going to see it from a lot of people, a lot of up and comers in the next ten years. But as of right now, we we really have only seen it from one guy, and that is Darby Allen's coffin drop. That motherfucker looks painful to everybody involved, and I understand a swanton's. Swanton gets more altitude, but there's no motion. There's no flop. There's no spin. 
there's it, it's it's the it's the part of your back that can't bend around things. So instead of being forward oh. with something, you're you're on the lumbery part of the body instead of the you know like a, a frog splash. I understand there, but you can bend around that person. You can't with a coffin drop, no matter how good you do it. So I'm gonna say the coffin drop is the number one coolest finisher. Cool. Right now. Yeah. I. I don't disagree with any any of your choices really, except I will say um, on on the power bomb I have two ones that I would rule out, two variations. Okay. I hate the pop up power bomb. Really? Never been a fan of it. Right. Okay. Mostly Fair because enough. my my brain has a hard time suspending disbelief long enough to be like, oh, he just did this, and the guy just jumps up in the air. You know what I mean? My brain goes, no, just don't jump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. it's t- solved um, and I've never I, and I, I think I will do this across the board and say this isn't specifically related to the powerbomb but it's it's a thing um, and I'll get heat from some people on it because uh, a certain very popular wrestler used this variation um, I don't like sit out powerbombs don't like them at all really? no which is part of probably plays into that pop-up powerbomb because there's a sit out with it Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I don't think you gain anything by doing that. I, I, I think to me... It I think you gain like, safety. That's what you gain. To me, the sit-out powerbomb looks less impactful. It, it looks On like that you took a, move, took a move that was really impactful and said, how do I make it not as impactful? And, oh, I'll, I'll sit down with them, right? Um, and that's why, to me, powerbomb's 100% on my list, right? Uh, yeah. But but the jackknife version of the powerbomb. Jackknife or, or even the Sid Vicious layout powerbomb. Yeah. You know, that, that, was, that was the opposition to Diesel at the time. Yeah. Those two popularized it at the same time, and it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah for me... For me, and I, I, if I were doing a ranking of all, maybe someday we should do that. Diesel's best powerbomb. Yeah, just, just like here is our ranking list of who did the best powerbomb, and it's Kevin Nash. To me, Kevin Nash's powerbomb, and some of it had to I, do with the. Fact I will that say, there's was, one ahead of that. There's one ahead of that, and I'm actually going to say this is my favorite variation of a powerbomb. Be, not who did it, but the very best very variation. I love the white cross. Um, or the Kel- I'm sorry, it's called Celtic Cross, not White Cross. The Celtic Cross, i.e., Razor's Edge. I love it as a move um, because it folds people up like Kevin Nash's powerbomb. Yeah, I think there's value I, to that being folded up. I um to to me I I would yes technically they're a variation on a powerbomb. I would still put them as a separate move altogether because. They're not about the person coming straight down. They're about the person going out and down. That's true. Um, That's which true. inherently makes them impact different. But for me, it, Kevin Nash, when he would do, I, I especially liked it. And this is the first two years of Kevin Nash as Diesel. I'm even fine. I, I was watching a rerun of a WCW Kevin Nash one, and I still look at it and, ah, because he. He, he let him float it, a little bit, though. He didn't slam I, him down as hard. He threw them up. That's what That's I liked true. is is he went like this and he just kind of pushed them up and they got another foot of height on them before they came down. I don't know. Um, Intercontinental champion Diesel would do the and throw them up and then he'd 
bring them down. I, the, and I, I loved it. <laughs> I didn't care as much about the bring it down. To me, it's about the height. The height yeah, is what makes fair. the impact. And so just well, the fact that you... But if that was the burn. case, the last ride's a, a great powerbomb. The last ride sucked as a powerbomb. Uh, yes, the last ride, for the most part, sucked. But it's only because with that one, A, he didn't get more height than the Kevin Nash one, uh, really. And B, no. the the whole motion of the last ride slowed it down. Yes. Because it got him well, up and, on the thing. And, and then, then it was dude's crotch in, in Tinker's yeah, face yeah. for a long, and, long and time. And then it was like wedgie and then throw him down. <laughs> Um, and I'm like, no, no. Um, so for me, no, for me, it's, and that's part of why I liked Kevin Nash is the only thing that took time was the setup for once he got them in there and he did his. Yeah. I actually enjoyed that. I mean, he kicked their ass so hard Mm -hmm. that they just laid there, stood there like this. Yep. For Um, however long. And then he just threw them up in the air. And they yep. came down. And and here's the deal. This is the other uh, caveat on the talking about power bombs that I think makes it important. Power bomb is another one of those moves that I think only truly works when it's done by a relative to the opponent, opponent tall wrestler, right? Um, yeah. If you're Nick Jackson and you're fighting Matt Jackson and you do a power bomb, that to me doesn't shouldn't be a finisher shouldn't no. be uh because no. you're you're not any taller really than the other. But person. if you're word low and you're fighting Nick Jackson uh-huh. yeah. and you do a power bomb, in fact, if you did it the other way around uh-huh. and Nick Jackson does one to word low, you're just like, well, I didn't do anything. Yeah. The, the believability dissipates. With the exception and I will say with the exception of one person, Chris Candido's power bomb from the from the top turnbuckle, uh-huh. he added height but, to it. There, there's additional height, and he only perform. He didn't perform it on somebody significantly larger than him. You know um, that move. There's a reason they don't do it anymore because it was actually dangerous. That was the only way they could make a powerbomb dangerous. And number two, um, man, I mean, it made a sit-out powerbomb look good. It made a regular powerbomb look good. Every way he did that looked good, mm-hmm. but it also looked like uh, you're probably going to end somebody's freaking career, bud. Yeah. So never did, but so nobody the, doesn't know the power bomb just in general. That's that's one of my top ones. Um, it, I'm I'm gonna say one that uh, that kind of outs me as as big of a fan of. I didn't even remember to put my Sting action figure up. As big as a I fan of back there. Sting as I am, yeah, you know, I've got Stings around here. Uh, yeah, there. a couple of them right there. Next and, one's and next actually, to a Finn Balor. Um, yeah, there's Demon King, Finn Demon Balor. King. Finn Balor, Sting, Kevin Nash, other Sting. Sting. Yep. Kevin Nash is a lot of who we're talking about. Sting sandwich. Mm -hmm. Um. (laughs) But anyways, uh, I I'll be the first to admit I I really didn't like the Scorpion Death Drop as a whole, like as a finisher. I liked it as a move. I I think it was a good. Uh, it was a needed segment for Sting. He had to have the splash, but he had to have something he could hit. Just boom, and it's done. And that that's exactly why it was brought in. He They yeah. also, in fact, uh, uh, Eric Bischoff talked about it on 83 Weeks one time, I think, uh, that part of the idea was they wanted something that Sting could hit on an unsuspecting person because of the whole 
NWO thing, he'd show up behind them and just grab him, boom, hit him. And I get that, right? But in terms of in an actual match, I, yeah, it's not my favorite. I I prefer this. I prefer the Scorpion Deathlock, the Stinger Splash. I'm I'm a huge fan of suplexes. I love wrestlers who do suplexes, especially a good snap them. suplex. Yeah, I mean, you want you want to about... rub all the great stuff about Chris Benoit matches, mm-hmm. all the great stuff that he put out. In fact, this is this is one of the things that upsets me because Benoit did have a really really great submission finisher, mm-hmm. and probably the most vicious snap suplex in the game. Mm-hmm. You didn't need the setup. You didn't need the flying headbutt. Yeah, you just yeah. didn't. I even mentioned talking about good snap suplexes in my uh, horrible audio for the Kenny Omega versus Friday match, um, because uh, of course Kenny Omega does a really vicious looking snap uh, dragon suplex. Suplex. Yep. It's what. Oh yeah, saying. the the. Yep. The yeah, yep. the full nose, and, and then he does it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Snapdragon, and it's savage, and savage looking. And I, I just talked about how I love a good snap suplex, snap vertical suplex, snap. Well, uh, I mean, the first thing we thought when we when when it was so Carrion Cross versus Jeff Hardy, the thing I was most upset about was not the Jeff Hardy one, was not that the, mm-hmm. that there was a schmoz finish, none of that. I didn't get to see a Doomsday Saito on Bendy Flexi guy. Yeah. <laughs> on the first match. Yeah. It was garbage. So yeah, but, it, it's but so, it's and suplexes. Benoit was was one of the kings of the snap vertical. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. He would just grab the person and then he, you'd literally see him like lift his foot up and then slam it down. Bam. You know, pop yeah. the person back. And it was always so much fun to watch. Um and don't get me wrong, I do enjoy a good stalling vertical suplex. Those yeah. are tons Bobby of Bobby Lashley. This is looking at Bobby Lashley. That's yeah. the most enjoyable part about you, bud. Mm-hmm. Because but. the hot take, ready? The spear sucks. The spear was used right by one person. It's a setup move. Goldberg. Mm-hmm. And I hate saying that because I hate the idea that Goldberg's still wrestling. But the spear was used by one person correctly, and that was Goldberg. Yeah, I I was surprised Spear wasn't on your your list. Worst. Now I like I I I will take issue because I like Bobby Lashley's Spear more than almost any of the other people. Because he rolls right through. Because I like the way he rolls through. Um, it worked really really good for for Goldberg because the whole storyline behind him is a former football player. Yep. And, and linemen, you know, that's what he do. Bam, hit people. Um, and and uh, I think it could have worked for if Edge had not just used the spear as a finisher. It's a great setup mood for the education. Yep. It's just using it as a finisher. I, um, yeah, but I, the, the I thing hate is, it as a finisher. Way too many people use it. And I think that really yeah. plays into it. Well, it's the like super people... kicks. If you'd asked me this 15 years ago, I'd have told told you super kicks were one of the coolest finishers in the game. Um, Here's looking at you, Matt Nick Jackson. Yeah, I I I would argue at least with with uh, the Young Bucks, with a bunch of the other people like uh, Adam Cole, baby. Um, the super kick is not their finisher; <sighs> it's a setup move. I uh, just realized one. Hmm. One Honorable mention goes to Shiniest Wizard or Shiny Wizards. Uh-huh. Those are fun. 
in any format, forward or backward, it's it's called the buckshot or last shot with mm-hmm. Adam Cole, and it comes to the back of their head. Um, and when Tegan Knox does it, it's it's from the front, and it's a wizard. Those are fantastic. And that's relatively new as well. Definite honorable mention. What are you what are you doing? Who are you um, typing a message to? I, I'm 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 actually just uh confirming because you, you've said it before and it, it um, Wizard. It's wizard, not wizard. It's it not is one hundred percent wizard with a D. It is a D. Okay. It is with a D. And that's why I, I, I was just double checking it to Chinese make sure wizard. that I was was uh, uh, correct on it. Uh, I catch myself saying the D, and I think I'm saying it wrong. So that's, uh, folks, come on Tuesday nights to learn something <laughs> new about professional wrestling oh. and enunciations. I really thought it was without a D. Nope, it's with a D. Shiniest mm. wizard, the girl with the shiniest wizard. It's even um, to uh, uh, confirm. To log into Instagram just to get to this page. Sure, whatever. Allow. Then um, I do that, and it doesn't take me to the page. Click on this again. Open it again. Dude, if it even shows through here, I, uh, I already conceded. The girl with the shiniest wizard on Tegan Knox's Instagram page. Hey. And yes. Hey, good job. I like to see your ring light. That was really cool. Your ring light's very nice. You could still see it. It was on there. Here. Cool. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. I'll turn off the ring light. (laughs) And now you can see the girl with the shiniest wizard. Tegan Knox, WWE. Yeah. Oh, it is with a D. There you go. Yeah. I yes, didn't doubt you before, Dick. Nope. I just wanted to one hundred percent verify it because I've been accused sometimes of uh digging in on a point and and do you guys I'm just being say, a dick. Eh, okay, fine, you win, even though you you don't agree. Right. I wanted to point out I, there's one hundred percent proof I, of that. I conceded immediately. I didn't even it wasn't uh, fine. I'm still it, this is for my honor. Point of context. Point of context. It doesn't change the fact that you're a dick because you're a dick with not without a reason. Yes. Jeez. All right. So that those are my moves. Those are my moves. Um, I'm trying to think of if there's any that just came out at me that oh ah, I I'm a little surprised, but I guess not 100. End of days. To me, that's one of the coolest finishers in in wrestling nowadays. Um, I saw someone, there's a TikTok I came across. Actually, I, I, oh no, End of Days is the one I like better, not Deep Six. Okay. Mm -hmm. Deep Six is still good. I really like it, but he doesn't use Deep Six as a finisher. It's a setup move for him, Mm -hmm. for the most part. End of Days. But I saw someone who, uh, on TikTok, who does um, wrestling finisher challenges where, Someone will will say, "Hey, uh, what you know? Do this finisher or do this finisher, right?" And someone suggested a uh, deep a, a what was it? 
F F five into a deep six or into a end of days. And so they did it on this thing where where F5. up on the shoulders, which is Brock yeah. Lesnar, and then And then he flips him in the air. Flips Oh and spins him. So well, and so so the F five typically you flip them out and then you just go down with them. Down, but right? instead he flips but them and just, then spins he them. Flips them and then catches them, and on their back swings them back to their back and it actually looked really cool. I was really surprised with how cool that looked. Cool. Um, so that that was a new thing. Anyways, um, so it, it, end of days is is one of my favorite finishers uh, right now. I'm, I'm a big Finn Balor fan, so I I I like the coup de gras and the 1916. But the tough I thing with the like coup de gras, the coup de if it hadn't been used by Kevin Sullivan 25, 30 years ago, and I hate Kevin Sullivan. Yeah. I the the thing with the one thing that kind of holds back the coup de gras for me, and and it's something Finn Balor does, and I think he does it to make it different. I think it would look better if he landed and rolled forward through it. And um, he lands and rolls back. Lands and rolls backwards, and to me that always looks a little awkward. Um, but but it's still a good finisher. Um, the One Winged Angel, you have to put up there as as one of the best finishers in the business. Now. I think the setup's too long. That's I would argue that that's why it's one of the best finishers. I understand. Because the whole storyline with it is, just like you mentioned with Kevin Nash, can he beat the opponent up enough that he would be able to do the setup for this finisher, right? Um, because the opponent has to be beat up to a certain amount so that uh, he can get him up on his shoulders and then tuck the leg behind and then pull the head down. Um, and that's why... They can use it storyline-wise. It can happen. It happened in the Omega versus Andrade match. He tried to get him up for the one-winged angel, and Andrade was able to slip out the back and try to turn it into his own move, right? And that's a storytelling element. But when he hits think, the one-winged angel... I think I want to see somebody turn it into a Poison Rana. Um, somebody has, I believe. Uh, and then, like, this... Um, I think... I'm, I'm going to have to look to see if I can find it, but I'm pretty sure... Uh, in a match between Cody and Omega, Cody turned it into a crossroads by slipping out the back and and just landing oh, with and grabbing his, his head. And, well, but just landing with his head on the way down. So Kenny Omega fell backwards yeah. as he slipped down and then just hit the crossroads. Um, and that's kind of Andrade uh, landed with his head like that and then turned it into something else. I'm trying to remember the match, um, but anyways. Anyway, yeah. So, so that's that's up there. Um, the coffin drop is is definitely up there. Although, um, none of the coffin drops in AEW yet have held a candle to the the video I found one time, and I'm gonna have to figure out what what show it was from so I can find it. It was it was a multi man match, like a was, I don't know if it was a battle royal or or a three on three or 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 trios match or something. I don't know. Um. But uh, it's going on, and it's in in a ballroom with a with a balcony. And the match is going on, and Darby Allens kind of disappears out of the match. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you see him running along uh, the front of the balcony, like on 
on the outside of the um, guardrail with a chair taped to his back. And he jumps off the balcony and does a coffin drop into the ring with a chair taped to his back. Oh my gosh. Uh, it, it, I watched the first time I saw it, I was like, holy shit balls. Um, and there's been nothing yet that has lived up to that, but, uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to have to find it because. Was, oh yeah, the Jubilee Doos. It was, it was this for uh, the Jubilee Doos. Well, maybe or or Jubilee maybe Jubilee. just for a post. Yeah, it was um, a match with Shane Strickland, who now is uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, and uh, Johnny Mundo. John Johnny Morrison. Nitro. John Morrison. Yeah. yeah. Um. Johnny Impact. Johnny. Johnny John John. John, John, John. I think it also might have had uh, uh, fucking uh, Jimmy Havoc in it as well. So uh, for MLW, I believe. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, I'll, I'll, I found a link to it. So I'll. And who does the move of those three? Is it Morrison or Swerve? Who? I mean, who has Darby, the, who has Darby Allen Dar- does it. It's, oh, Darby is the one who does it. Darby okay. does it. But none of Darby Allen's on AEW have lived up to that one. That one set them no. all really high, is all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, okay. Um, cool. But, okay, so. Okay. Now, are you going to do the not fun one now? Yeah. All right, so this one is going to be more current events. It's not going to be something really uh, weird and uh, non-generico. This one's going to be a little bit more generic. We know of several wrestlers that are available that are soon coming out of non-competes that are currently available that that should be showing up sometime soon. I want to. I want you to pick five. How many? Five. 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 I said five, five times there, like, like somebody else does. I want you to pick five wrestlers that are going to show up soon, back from injury, changing companies, surprise show-ups, okay, that we don't already know are happening. You can't cop out and say CM Punk after Darby Allen, but that we don't already know are happening. Um and just book their 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 how they show up. Do they show up in a in a uh, excuse me? Come out and this is this is Andrade El Idolo, or do they show up as a feud to set up an immediate feud, or how do they show up? And then who their first feud will be? Because it does, like Daniel Brian Danielson does not have to show up in a feud. Um, he doesn't have to interrupt somebody else. He can just come out and be like, I'm here, yay! And then somebody else will start a feud with him, so there will be a feud eventually. So those are the two things I want you to do for five, five wrestlers. Go. Five that we don't currently know. Mostly because uh, we're going to probably see some soon. Yes. 
So, so the one I'm going to take uh, one of your words there uh, was returning from rather than uh, recently fired. So on my first one, it's going to be Becky Lynch. They, we we know she's coming back soon, but yeah, Becky Lynch. Yeah. Um, yep. I, that's I, why I said that was to, to open that up for you. Yep. Uh, and that 100% is happening. And um, I I think they missed their chance uh, with the best version of it, which was Becky Lynch coming back on Raw when Rhea Ripley was champion and saying, you know, like we said before, uh, you, you say you're the best, but to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm the man. Um and and I mean, basically saying, you know, listen, you you might be the champion, but you haven't beat me yet. Um, but they can't do that because it's now Nikki Ash as the champion, and um, unfortunately, what a shit feud that would be. <laughs> yeah, well, and uh, Becky, uh, I mean, Becky can still say it because Nikki hasn't beat her yet. But um, that being said, you could flip flip it to SmackDown. And do basically the same story, just with with Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair. So that's yeah. probably what I would do. Um, In fact, it works really well with Bianca Belair because she says, "I am the B E S T of WWE." So that does work really well. I like that. I am the E S T, and you might be the E S T, but I'm the M A N. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, she'll she'll do it, and it'll be fire. So long as somebody doesn't write her fucking fucking uh, uh, gas mask or anything. Yeah, um, I I also like the idea of bringing her back on SmackDown, if only so we can lead up to a Survivor Series invasion angle again, um, and just you know play off the fact that she was on the Survivor Series team that led the invasion the first time. Uh, and got her face broken. And got her face broken. In fact, they could even play play on that and have her, instead of coming after Charlotte or, or uh, Rhea Ripley or someone like that, have her show up and her first order of duty is to take out Nia Jax. Just yeah. fucking murder her. You, can even, you could even do the whole face mask thing for Nia Jax for a short while. Yeah. I'd say I just just literally have have Becky show back up, you know, on SmackDown, do that feud, and then for Survivor Series, the lead up to it, they do another invasion. But it started off instead of an attack on, like the last one was an attack on Ronda Rousey. It's it's just you find backstage there's uh, Becky Lynch just absolutely murking, uh, just murderizing. Uh, Nia Jax backstage, just beating the tar out of her. Just uh, say, "I'm going to take you out first because you're the one who tried to take me out the best at the last time I did this." Um, you break my face, I break yours. Yeah. You you gave me cookie, I give you cookie. Give me cookie, I gave you cookie. Um, there's going to be a small okay. subset of followers who understood that reference, and um, I'm not one of them. And you're not one of them. But the, but but uh, if if you are one of the people out there who got that reference, can we be friends? That's all I'm saying. Um, but anyways, um, so that would be my number one is is Becky Lynch showing back up 
to uh, uh, to go after Bianca Belair, and then eventually. yeah, I, I don't I don't blame you in the least. I did. Uh, and and I think that's just come out and interrupt a celebration. Yep. yep. You don't have to attack. Just come out and interrupt yeah. the celebration. That, uh, yeah. In fact, um, this this truly can be a face first because here's the go. Becky Lynch is going to come back. She's going to be face no matter what. Yeah. Right? The fans love her. She's been gone for a long time. Anytime a, a person returns from a thing like this. <laughs> Hell, the always... only time Triple H was a face was when he came back from an injury. Exactly. Only so, times ever. So so she's going to be a face no matter what. But this could be a face versus face feud where uh, you know Bianca Belair has just got done beating Sasha Banks or whoever. You know, I mean... Assuming the match at, at SummerSlam takes place, they missed two ma- two matches, two house shows. Um, but assuming that match takes place, um, it could be like that. Like Becky Lynch shows up at SummerSlam and says, "Well, congratulations on winning your match against Sasha. I remember the first time I beat Sasha." Um, <laughs> You know, be great. <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, you've got that belt, and you say you're the EST, but I'm the MAN. And uh, to be the man, you got to beat the man. So uh, I think that would be it. Um, yeah, I like it. Uh, in terms of the the next, I don't one, know of another injury one that, that's sitting out there right now. Yeah, well, it's a little tough. There are some other injuries that are you know worth talking about, but not. Uh, I guess that's not an injury. She had a child. That's not an injury, but down for extenuating circumstances, mm-hmm. not being fired yeah. or changing companies. But like, I mean, there there are some some injuries that we could talk about. Um, you know, men, uh, women, uh, you know, Lacey Evans is out having a baby, but as far as I know, she has not had her baby yet. So, um, that'll be, uh, you know, a while before that happens. Uh, Bailey's out for at least six months with a torn ACL. So that's not going to happen for a bit. Uh, Natalia has, a. uh, had just had leg surgery, so she's going to be out for a while. Tamina's already come back from her injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on NXT, you've got Danny Birch who had a separated shoulder. He could come back. Only Lurkin and Birch could rejoin forces again, but that's not a huge thing there. Um, Candice LeRae just announced that she's pregnant, pregnant. so uh, it's going to be months before we could have her come back from that. But yeah, those are the main like injuries missing on uh WWE um da, 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 I'm checking to see if there's uh, da, 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 any big ones on AEW. Any big I mean I know there's a few oh there's there's a big one right now um I say big one. Uh, a big one for me, at least, right now, that um, theoretically could come back at any time. Um, and that's uh, uh, Trent. He had neck oh, surgery. Yeah. I say theoretically because uh, 
Sue, his mom, tweeted a photo today that got all bunch of people thinking, does this mean Trent could be back soon? Um, and so he could be back soon, but it was neck fusion surgery, so could be a little bit longer. Um, Kip Sabian has an arm injury that he's uh, dealing with. Uh, Darius Martin has a ACL injury, but that's not a big thing. The Butcher has a thumb injury, but that's not huge. Yeah, that's not. Um, in fact, in fact, you yeah, nursed that all the way back to health, buddy. Uh -huh. um, in terms of women, and probably the biggest, uh, arguably the biggest one in the women, uh, because there's three injuries right now on women. Uh, Serena Deeb is one of them. She had a knee injury, and, and uh, they're playing that off, and so that could be a big one there. Uh, Brandy Rhodes is out on maternity leave and could come back, but let's be honest. No one's super excited for Brandy Rhodes coming back. There's only one thing I want from Brandy Rhodes, and that is for her to get her a Rhodes. Wow. Yeah. He's not here, so he lives through us. Mm -hmm. Brandy Rhodes, and that is for her to be thoroughly destroyed by Allie and finish the feud that was... At the very beginning of AEW. So the only woman uh, that I really... I'm excited to, for the idea of her coming back, and that's mostly because she's uh, she's got a whole lot of upside, in my opinion, and really never got a chance to truly show off. And there was a storyline they were building with her that um, has left someone kind of floating, and that's Anna Jay. Uh, her coming yeah. back from injury could be a big... She had a dislocated shoulder. She's been rehabbing that and reportedly is fairly close to coming back. Uh, she had a whole storyline as as part of the Dark Order as she was trying to recruit Tay Conti, or Ty Conti, I guess is how it's pronounced, uh, uh, into the Dark Order. And um, when she went out with the injury, it kind of left Ty Conti in a sort of in the Dark Order, but not really in the Dark Order, and... and um, I, I would like to see that continue finish or finish in some way. Um, and, and Anna Jay is inexperienced and, and relatively green, but she shows so much potential and so much ring presence. Like that's, that's the one thing that I, I think, uh, the AEW women's division kind of lacks the most and that's ring presence. That's ring awareness. Um, and we've talked about this before on one of the shows about obviously Brit has it. Yeah, Brit, ha but Brit, in fact, she's one of the ones that we talked about this. It took Brit a while to get to this yes. because it's all about awareness of the camera, right? Where is the hard cam playing up to the hard cam? And it took Brit a while to figure it out. And, and that's, it takes a lot of these wrestlers who spend a lot of time on the independent circuit a long time to figure out how to play to the hard cam versus just playing to the crowd, right? Yeah. Um, and Anna Jay, from her literally literal third match ever, knew how to find the camera and play to the camera right off the bat. She also didn't exhibit the happy feet that you so often see from new to wrestling wrestlers um, yeah. and new to televised wrestling wrestlers. Um, she, she had it all right there. And yes, she still needs to work on her moveset and get a bunch of stuff. But I think the, the her coming back 
Um, what what you'd need to do is, I think the best way would be uh, to have her in a feud with her best friend, Ty Conti, where um, she comes back and she's like, I, I wanted you to be with me in the Dark Order and you never fully joined. And uh, you're either with me or against me sort of a thing. Um, and leading up to a, you know, lose and you must join the Dark Order match, right? Um, or, or you must leave, leave the, the Dark, Dark Order. Order. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I think that would be a great way to have her come back um, and, and put her in the spotlight there. Um, so I think that would be. But, but let's, let's get on to the ones that we're really wanting to talk about. And that's wrestlers who've been released in the last year or two we're allowed um, to we're allowed, we're allowed to their own contracts that. to expire um and, and this could i mean this can include uh if you think that smiley kylie ray is going to come back to a major promotion then that's fine i don't see that happening yeah she signed on with nwa and i think she's gonna Odd, you know, like I said before, obviously she's got something mentally going on that's that, uh, making it tough for her to stay in large crowd situations. In the large crowd situation, so um, so I'm I'm gonna give a two for one for my third answer, right? Okay. And this is the iconics. Um. Inspirations. Yeah, inspiration. It's not quite as easy to say. So, um, I think they come back in uh, Impact Wrestling. They make an appearance at whatever the next Impact. I think it's Emergence is the next Impact uh, special event um, because Impact does have women's tag belts. Yes, and they, they're the only non-WWE one that currently has women's tag belts. And so having them show up, I, I'm going to be honest, I much would rather have them in AEW, but for storyline, it makes way more sense for Impact. Uh, for them to come out and attack the current uh, Impact tag champions, which I believe is Rosemary and uh, Havoc. Yep. I believe. Uh, Decay. Yep. Um, but so to have them come out and attack them and, uh, stake their claim as number one contenders for that, I think that's the best way to do that. So, so, uh, that's my number three. Um, who is your number two? Anna Jane. Oh, okay. That was, that was an actual one. Okay. That was my actual one. That was my actual one. Yeah. Um, See, it's tough because, you know, really the only one I significantly ruled out was was CM Punk. I, I think we know where his feud is, and I think we know, and we obviously know where he's going. But you could even do Brian Danielson because we have no clue where that feud's headed. Yeah, but we... Is. We do have a fair. I'm I'm ruling him out because we have a fairly good idea of where he's going at least. Yeah, yeah. And I, in fact, I'm AEW. Sure. 
Yeah, AEW. Um, I I would expect, frankly, that um, because with Hangman taking some time off for the bebe, um, not the bebe, but the bebe, bebe. Um, uh, there currently isn't in AEW another like main event feud built up for Kenny Omega. Like we've got the short term Christian Cage one that's going on right now. But I think having uh, Brian Danielson showing up and and immediately being like, I came here for one reason and one reason only. Kenny Omega. I want that belt. That belt. Yep. That's one I haven't held yet. Yes. Yes. I wonder, did WWE ever try to trademark yes? They used it on shirts, so they might have. So he'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. yup, yup. Nay, nay, <laughs> nay. <laughs> um, anyways. Um, yes, sir, Bob. Yes, sir, Bob. Yeah. Yes, sir, Bob. Uh, just anyway. uh, show how my brain works. You remember when uh, Kevin Owens and, and Sami Zayn had yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, and their their whole thing as their feud with Brian, Brian Daniel, Brian, Daniel Brian. Anyways, um, in relationship to uh, us saying uh, we're ruling out, uh, me saying I'm ruling out Brian Danielson because we kind of know where he's coming. I'm also as much as I want to use Buddy Murphy as one of my things. I'm also kind of ruling him out in my own mind because we're. We're like ninety percent certain that he's gonna show up in AEW. AEW and AEW and Malachi Black. Like yes, and, and we, we're almost hundred percent directly sure related to Malachi Black. Exactly. Um, in relationship, um, I am going to say that uh, I'm not going to, even though she is one hundred percent one of my choices. And I think that I'm not going to put Ruby Soho, Ruby Riot, uh, on this list because. We're pretty damn certain she's going AEW right now. There have been insiders report that AEW is high on her and, and that it's basically a done deal. She started releasing uh, vignettes today, um, uh, promoting her going to, to New York, which would mean she's probably going to show up at the Arthur Ashe uh, pay-per-view, not pay-per-view, but Arthur Ashe Dynamite in, a, in a less than a month, month, about a month. Anyways. Um, so I'm not going to put, put her on this, even though she's one that I really think would be, um, I'm going to do a surprise one. I think, I think you wouldn't expect me to choose this one. Um, but I think, I think you have trying to decide who, who the first, who the debut should be against. Um, I think you have Roman Reigns after his current John Cena dalliance is over. Um, and he's he's standing there saying, you know, see, even John Cena had to, uh, you know, acknowledge me as the head of the table. There's no one out there left. And then you just hear, 
Braun. And then the music play. Uh, really? Because I I just don't see another place for Braun Strowman. He's a WWE guy. Um, I, they're the only company that I think is going to put out the cash for him. Uh, even even though he'll be making less than he was previously making, they're the only ones who are going to give him even close to what he thinks he deserves. And he has absolutely no experience in any other wrestling ring other than a WWE ring, right? Yeah. And I was watching some some of his uh, just a few highlights. Not it wasn't like even a whole video of him. It was just he was in something, and I was watching him, and I was like, you know, what? he's a guy who he moves like a WWE guy, and I think he's going to struggle almost any other place and he might eventually get his feet under him you know it happens with a lot uh drew mcintyre when he got let go from wwe went off and it took him a while on the indies to to figure out a non-wwe method you know way of working uh but i just i don't see braun i don't see him succeeding elsewhere in the long term um most and and partially because most of the other companies aren't set up for a guy like him. Um, like Impact has uh, W. Morrison, aka Big Cass. Uh, Dude, how cut is he now? He's yeah, he's fucking Holy Jack, man. Crap. No, oh, and and here's the he wrestles good now too. Like yeah, I, I, I was never super <laughs> impressed with him in WWE. And and he he fucking does it now, and he's fucking jacked, and he looks the part. Yeah, but you were also like, oh man, I'm kind of jacked for the new Enzo stuff too. So. Uh, to to be perfectly honest, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit, Enzo put cut, you on blast. Enzo cut potentially the greatest wrestling promo, and I'm using the quotes here on it because this wasn't this isn't gonna stand up there against the pipe bomb or anything like that. I'm I'm but this in terms of like pure wrestling promo, this last week he had a match versus uh Jerry Lawler uh at some indie. It was a casket match. And uh the Which promo, doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't storyline wise, I don't know how storyline it made it to that point or whatever. I don't even know if there was a stipulation like Enzo has to leave the company if he loses or whatever. I don't know, but it was a casket match. Um, but Enzo uh, released on his uh, Twitter one of the best promos I've seen in the last 10 years. It was awesome. It was perfect. It was everything you wanted to be. But that's the deal. Enzo was always really good at promo. Talking is what Enzo was really good at. In the ring, yeah, yeah. Um, but at the time, Big Cass was the, was the same way, except without being good on the mic. Yeah. He was just he was a little sluggish. Right. Yeah. Sluggish. He, they had him wrestle as a big man, but he didn't, he didn't wrestle as a big man. I, I don't know if there's a better way to put that, but, um, but now he's wrestling as a big man and, and he looks the part and everything. So, but that's the deal is that's, that's like two people in all of impact that could really stand up next to braun um aew has if you take out their announced team you know paul white and mark henry they've got i don't know three three lance archer wordlow 
Brian Cage. Brian Cage. Maybe Jake Hager, I guess. He's sort of a big guy. But uh, next to Braun, he'd look tiny. All three of those look tiny. Yeah. And so so he just doesn't fit AEW. You go to Ring of Honor. Well, Ring of Honor is the king of the vanilla midgets. So uh, there's not a whole lot that he could do there. Go to NWA. Maybe one or two. I mean, I I wouldn't wouldn't hate seeing Jeff Cobb versus Braun, but it's not super high on my list. And WWE is just the best place for him. And I mean, frankly, I I wouldn't want to put him on Raw and put him into an immediate feud with with Bobby Lashley because, frankly, we did a bunch of that leading up to this. And so, um, and it's been it's been a while since we had him feuding with Roman. So you could have him come back to, to much fanfare and challenge and have, have a decent match, you know, at um, what, whatever's the next pay-per-view after SummerSlam something. WrestleMania Backlash pre-Survivor Series. Yes. Halloween Havoc. <laughs> um. But that now here's the deal is, uh, and I'm just gonna say it from this standpoint: if they could do that as a surprise return, the pop would be huge, right? Like nobody knows that he's coming. Yeah, nobody knows. That's the tough thing is keeping it a surprise. Um, well, but we have a Finn Balor feud built there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I guess builds that Finn Balor feud even more. You sons of bitches, you guys keep taking my spot. Mm-hmm. And then, so that's my number four. So number five. Number five is a little tougher because I've got to, I want it to be someone who would get a fairly big pop. Yeah, actually, I say it'd be tougher, and then I scroll past someone, and it would not be tough at all. Uh, Bray Wyatt. It's Bray Wyatt. It's just how I do it is what makes it tough. Because we can't do The Fiend. Uh, but you can totally do a Firefly Funhouse without it being the Firefly Funhouse. Yeah. You can have, you can change the music, you can change the theme song. You, you potentially can, although I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to. Teasers aren't the way to go. Teasers are not the way to go with him. Yeah, no. He's he's one that has to be kind of a surprise show up as well. Um, I got to find this picture uh, to send to you because someone uh, ran into Bray Wyatt recently. Yeah. and uh, he was almost unrecognizable. And I, I mean that from a, not a body transformation, but like... Haircut. A, uh, haircut, and uh, he shaved the beard off, so it's clean shaven. Uh, anyways, so... Um, I'm going to have to do some... You know who I want him to feud against? 
You keep looking at stuff, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a hint as to who I want him to feud against. Okay. Okay. Next big thing. <laughs> I would love to see that Bray Wyatt feud. It's not going to happen, but I would love to see it. I'm going to have to do a little bit of looking. Uh, I found a picture of it, but it's not exactly the the best picture. Um, and so I want to find a better one. I'll send it to you later. But yeah, he's... He, it doesn't even look like him. Like... And it does not look like Firefly Funhouse him. It doesn't look like... Uh, well, fans, go like, look up current pictures uh, of Wyndham Rotunda. Uh -huh. uh, I still want to see him versus Brock. I don't think we ever got that feud. Ever. How did we never get that feud? Stupid. 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 So, um, here's what I would do with, with Bray Wyatt. Uh, I would have him show up now. A lot of people, a lot of people have been saying, oh, he needs to be the new leader of the Dark Order. He needs to take over no. the Dark Order. Right? No. I'm like, no, 100% no, for a couple reasons. Number one, I, I fully believe that the Dark Order doesn't need a new, new leader right now that uh they should leave uh Brody Lee as the the chosen one for the dark order the exalted one forever like yep. they never do it but on top of it Brody Lee's passing inherently changed the dark order they are no longer a heel group and they may eventually be a heel group again but they are not a heel group now and you bring another cult leader into it, and they have to be a heel group. That's the only way that they really can do that, right? So I have him show up with a group of, and I may have even talked about this before, but with a group of other AEW wrestlers, I'm having him in AEW, right? As an alternate cult, as a cult that's like, uh, we're going to out-cult the cult, right? We're going to be a real cult, right? We're going to do the brainwashing shit. We're going to do the cheaty shit to help people win. Uh, we're going to do all of the stuff. We're going to have the charismatic leader who gets people to follow him. We're going to even take some of your people and convince <clears throat> fucking Alan Angels to drop out of the Dark Order and come to us. Right. Um, come to the Cradle of Light. That's a great cult, cult name, Cradle yeah, of Light. Some, something like that. But the big thing being... We're going to be a better cult than you. Um, <clears throat> we're going to be everything the Dark Order should have been, but weren't. We're going to actually help people win. The whole pitch with the Dark Order is join the Dark Order. We're going to help you win, right? We're going to actually help people win. We're going to take a member of your per group, Alan Angels, who you guys ostracize and, and make fun of, and we're going to turn him into a fucking star. We're going to make yeah. him a winner. 
We're going to make him TMT champ. Yeah, we're going to fucking do it. We're going to, you know, uh, and and we're going to do it by helping him lie, cheat, and steal. You know what I mean? But he's going to be a winner under us. Something you were never able to make him do, right? Uh, And that's how I would have him come in. So it would be an immediate feud with the Dark Order, with the Dark Order as the ultimate baby faces uh, in this. And, you know, you could even have whole vignettes about Bray, Wyndham, whatever name he ends up coming in under, uh, trying to recruit John Silver. Be like, listen, you got a lot of popularity there and people like you, but you're still not winning. I mean, why aren't you? Why aren't you tag champs? Why aren't you and Reynolds tag champs? Because because Brody Lee didn't come through for you. I'll come through for you. You'll be tag champs under me. Well, and and the thing is, at at the point where now, where now Hangman Page is gone, they're going to be looking for their leader, and what better way <clears throat> to to do that than to have Evo Uno do exactly how the group started, and say that he's got messages from the the Exalted One. Again, throwing that to Brody Lee, but via Evil Uno, you know? Yeah. And so he's bringing them the messages, and somebody else comes out and is like, no, we're, what do you mean you have messages from the Exalted One? You do not have messages from mm-hmm. the Exalted One, you know? And I'll show you the Exalted One. Convincing Alan Angels he's going to get to see Brody Lee again or something, mm-hmm. you know? I mean... You can get some really crazy stuff there with that Colt mm-hmm. versus Colt idea. Yeah, so that's what I would do. That's my number five there. That's very ministry versus corporation. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do think because here's the deal with that. That has um uh an opportunity to be something that AEW does kind of lack. AW likes factions, and I love them for factions. They, I enjoy factions. But one thing that AEW kind of lacks in their factions is none of their factions have, like, an overarching um, damage to the company concept. I mean, that's what made the NWO so, so powerful. Yeah. It was like, not only were they the bad guys, but they were also, it was everyone in WCW versus them. Right, it wasn't NWO versus uh, the fucking four horsemen to end, you know, Hulkamania or NWO versus the four horsemen. It was either you were on WCW side or you were on NWO side, and that's about it. Now, there were other factions, four horsemen and and uh, uh, the Dungeon Doom. Um, I think that had ended by then, though, hadn't it? Uh, nope, it was still going on. They just, it wasn't, and no one fucking cared because they sucked. Um, but they were still around. In fact, that was, that was actually when NWO came in and Hulk Hogan turned. That was when uh, Big Show, as part of the dungeon, became a face because he, or Big Show, the giant, became a face because he was going against the NWO and then turned on them to join the NWO down the road. Anyways. Yeah. Inside boy. Um, but that's the, there's a unifying presence. So you have a real dark cult come in and first they can feud with the dark order. And then it can be that they're just trying to take over all of AEW. 
And so then you've got all of the coalitions within eight of all of the factions having to broker a temporary peace so that they can fight this new evil coming in. So. Ooh, we're all the Dark Order. Uh-huh. I like that. So, so that's that's what I. You could even have Brody Lee's wife cut that pro, cut the voice promo for that. We're all the Dark Order. Well, and it, 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 kind of playing into that, uh, you could have Brody Lee's wife or Hangman. And and the reason I say Hangman is, um, if you didn't, a lot of people don't watch uh, Being the Elite. Uh, it's not officially canon for the show, but it is sort of canon. So um, when uh, Hangman Page came in to tell the Dark Order that he had to do things alone, right? And he didn't want their help and he's leaving them. On Dynamite, if you watch very carefully, he left a DVD on the counter. Um, they didn't call attention to it on Dynamite, but he did. He walked in and he left a DVD on the counter and said, listen, guys, I just got to do it myself. On Being the Elite, they watched the DVD. And in that DVD, uh, he made a new recruiting tool video for the Dark Order. That was all about the Dark Order is friendship. The Dark Order is companionship. The Dark Order is... And it was kind of the opposite of the evil culty vibes the Dark Order used to have. That's the new promo for the Dark Order. Is that the Dark Order is is all that. And so um, they can basically just use that. Anyways. um, But on that note, I don't have a second challenge i i did my challenge uh, ours ran long i just i i wanted to make sure we had enough time to fill jobs yeah i i worry less about time i i gotta be honest with you um i i worry less about filling time if jlb is not here we have a shorter episode because quite frankly um we get more listeners when our episodes are hour and a half to longer slightly less so well fine so no more El Generico versus Sammy Zayn. Yeah, I'll just edit that out. <laughs> It'll take. It's time. not like you don't edit out the piece at the end, anyways, where I say something really funny and coy. Well, you always try to say it over the music, and you just need to know. I always edit out that music on the audio version. <laughs> always. <laughs> and there's there's a reason for it, right? There's a reason I edit out that music. Um, if you watch the live stream on Facebook or try to watch the replay, Facebook mutes the audio for that song because even though that song is royalty free, it's apparently similar enough to a song that Facebook is like, nah. It's probably it's probably the one, probably the one tool bag <laughs> was barking at you about. Anyway, moving forward, but. So we will go to our game, AEW, Ring of Honor, or Impact, where we throw out three current, usually current WWE guys, and we have to book where we would put them, AEW, Ring of Honor, or Impact. Cheese Whiz, Cheese It's, Cheetos. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I am going to go with... Your first. Yeah. I'm going to challenge you on... Uh, We are going to do... Oh, I had one and then I just totally blanked on. Um, so it's Ricochet. Uh, 
Johnny Gargano. Okay. And um, I forgot who the first guy I was going to put on this was, and I didn't write it down. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm going to go Kevin Owens. I was trying to do flippy do guys, but I can't remember who my first flippy do guy was. You, so, you, you couldn't you couldn't go with Kushida. You couldn't go with Jake Atlas. You couldn't go with Jake Atlas has been fired. So. Swerve, Swerve. I could have done Swerve, but I didn't. So I had a flippy do guy at my first one, and then I forgot him by the time I said I was going. So do the ones I put out there. <laughs> Okay, Gargano, Ricochet, and uh, um, Kevin Owens. Uh, Kevin Owens. That's it. Well, that made things a lot easier. Kevin Owens is to AEW. Um, just for pure entertainment factor, he's a lot of fun. I would watch a Kevin Owens versus uh. Omega match. You really have to hold the standard of where you want somebody to be based on what championships you want them to go after. And I think Kevin Owens going after the AEW championship just fucking makes sense. It really does. Um, it's kind of like Moxley 2.0, which is the downside. But it's kind of like Moxley 2.0, which is the upside. So that's why I bring Kevin Owens to AEW. Um Ricochet to shit. He's been in either of them. Um, I'm gonna make him King Ricochet again, so he's gonna be an impact. And then Johnny Gargano to uh, ROH. So Ouch. It, it's <laughs> I'm not in love with any of them. I mean, I, I am in I am in love with Kevin Owens on AEW. I think that's fantastic. If you change that to Swerve. The whole game changes. Ricochet's going to AEW. It wasn't um, Originally, I was trying to keep it main roster, and then I, so I came up with two, and then I couldn't think of a third main roster one. So that's Gargano's not main Gargano. roster. That's that's he he was no. he was my third. I couldn't think of a third, and so I. And then you lost the first one, and then I lost the first one. I totally lost my my first one. I can't remember who it was going to be. And I know I'm going to think of it as soon as I stop recording on this. And I'm going, oh, this is going to be. Yeah. You're probably going to be sitting there looking at yourself in the mirror and go, bro. That definitely wasn't him. Wasn't Riddle? Okay. Mostly because I I know for you, Riddle makes it super easy. God damn it. He's gotten more and more entertaining, but entertaining and irritating. Sound pretty similar, bro. They do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go uh, people who wore leather. <laughs> so this is Tamina, Natty, and just because it just happened tonight for you and you were – Pleased and sad at the same time. We're going to go with uh, uh, Dakota Kai. Okay, Dakota Kai to AEW. Um, tougher ones are the other two. Uh, Which one performs with Deanna Peraza the best? <laughs> Natalia to Impact and 
Tamina to Ring of Honor, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, super and happy with and that, just about anybody else who you put in leather wins that AEW spot because I could go Rhea Ripley. Yeah. I could go. Yeah. I could go. I could go Ronda Rousey, and I'm pretty sure she still goes to AEW in this group. I kind of want to throw it out there. I want to throw it out there. I think it makes it makes it tougher though, but possibly. I think I think at AEW she's surrounded enough by performers who would teach her. Um, in AEW, she uh, wouldn't have the clout to demand any sort of creative control. Uh, yeah, and therefore, uh, Tony Khan and the Bookers would rein her in a bit and not let her just dominate the matches like she did. Um, I mean, because here's the deal. Like, AEW already has shown that they can bring an MMA guy in and not make them, look, they're so much better than all the other wrestlers. Yeah, that no was joke. one of the things I hated so much about the Ronda Rousey thing. Is Yes, I get it. Ronda Rousey was, the at the time, one of the best women's UFC She was the biggest draw in MMA. Yeah. I mean, she and, had spent a year being the biggest draw. Yeah. From when Brock left, mm-hmm. she was the biggest draw yeah. in MMA until she left, until but, she lost. But being the biggest draw does not necessarily make you the best, and that's the no. other thing. You know? no. But here's the deal. Is, as soon as she comes into WWE, effectively what they did in WWE was say, MMA fighters are better than us. Because yeah. look, they just Twice. ragdoll. Brock and Ronda. Yeah, they just come in and ragdoll all of our wrestlers. Just like, you know. So obviously MMA fighters are so much better than... Uh, now, here's here's where I'm going to potentially eat my words. Uh, because we know that... I don't know if it's this week or next week. Um, what's his name? He was on Dynamite the other day. Uh, um, I gotta find it. Uh, he, he's a manager from uh, Dan Lambert. Because um, Dan Lambert is uh, founder of uh, American Top Team in MMA, one of the most successful fight teams. He's going to be appearing on Dynamite here uh, for this week's Dynamite, it looks like. Um, and bringing in, reportedly, a couple MMA fighters with him to start some sort of angle of some sort again. Um, and as long as AEW uh, doesn't make them just absolutely murk a bunch of uh, AEW wrestlers... Um, they will have done it better than WWE. They will have done it better than WWE. Uh, you can even have them win. Just yeah, it's not, it's not eight win. seconds over your world yeah. champion. Yeah, win or lose is not the thing. It's it's about just the absolute murking, the absolute murderizing. Um, so, so yeah, that, that made it a little easier there. I, I still, I would, I would still struggle with Ronda Rousey to AEW, but I would have more faith in her than Tamina or Natalia, to be perfectly honest. That says a lot. Mm-hmm. It do. It really, really do. But on that note. On that note. We're done. Well, we're almost done. What are, what are we missing? I... 
gonna show you this footage. You don't own this footage, though. That's why I'm not using the sound. Watch, watch up there. That balcony going around. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the best cop and drop of all time. I'm going to go back and watch it again. I didn't put the sound on, but oh, just double kick. Here we go. Let's just stand here and talk to each other. We're having a good time. Here, there's this guy walking. What, 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 what? Boom. God, Swerve almost died there. That leg was like straight through his heart. Is that Swerve? Is that right? Yeah, that's Swerve. Yep. Swerve before he was Swerve. Uh, he was still Swerve, but he was uh, Shane Swerve Strickland instead of Isaiah Swerve Scott. There's also, um, I want to point out, uh, thumbtacks on the ground there, too. So, Oof. So, uh, yeah. Uh, in in a way, Darby Allen was the most protected one there because he didn't get any thumbtacks in his back because he had a steel chair on his back. But if you watch here, Johnny Mundo and Shane Strickland go right down on the thumbtacks. Takes most of them there. Anyways, Usta. That's all I wanted to show. No, so. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> but on that note, we are going to close the book on the Fantasy Booking Institute. Um, we appreciate any of you who joined us for the live stream, or if you're listening or watching later, we uh, appreciate that as well. We would like to remind you to go and like, share, and subscribe to the video. Uh, subscribe on YouTube if you have a chance. That's the best way. You can find us at Ron Order WBU on YouTube. Um, Follow us on Facebook. We got a fairly large group growing on Facebook, so that's always nice to see. Um, and share this video or the audio, uh, the episode with your friends uh, because it's a great way to get more people watching this. You can also do us a favor by when you're subscribing and all that stuff, going and leaving us five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts or on YouTube. Uh, give us five stars, just like the number of stars you will give your vacation in beautiful Turks and Caicos. Caicos. Uh, yeah, Kikos. Kikos. Well, they haven't sponsored us yet, so I don't have to say it right. <laughs> yes! That's Please sponsor right. us, Turks and Caicos. and Caicos. Right? Um, you can follow us on all the social media and all of that stuff. Links in the doobly-doos down below for all of that stuff. Uh, but you can follow me at Raw and Order WBU. You can follow DA Fabe at... DA Vincent K. Fabe, right there. Right there. You can scan our boobs. Oh, wrong side. Scan our boobs. Yeah, yeah. Let's you know, settle this like boobs, a... But... Oh, wait. Yeah. Yep, I'm not wearing one of our boobs. cons. That takes you to all of the links for all of the stuff. You can visit our Patreon or our merch store. The links are on there as well, but shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU. Um, they're apparently shortening it to uh, raw and order WBU.myspreadshop.com, I think, but I don't know if that's active yet, so... Uh, but you can help us out there. You can get a shirt like this or a hat like this or, or one of the many other shirts or hats or stuff that we can add. Well, adding more sweet shirts. Cop boat's coming up. Yeah, I'm working on cop boat. Cop boat. Cop boat. So, so we got uh, Big Net should release this week. 
You got Cop Boat yeah. you're working on. I'm working on Cop Boat. Cop Boat's a little bit more artistic and intensive. So Yeah, that's be- that may be a couple months out. Um I'm I'm gonna try to get it out within the next couple weeks, but it definitely takes takes more time. So and I'm yeah. not a graphic designer by any means. I'm I, I dabble in it. So but anyways, we yeah. we'll just close the book on this. Thanks the for net. uh joining us. Prototype is this great. Week, yeah. The prototype? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm I'm pretty proud of it. So but we will close the book on the Fantasy Booking Institute. Thank you all for listening. We will see you soon.